Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with the founder and owner of the Baby Ballers franchise, Richard Elms. Baby Ballers was formed in 2016 to create football-based classes aimed directly at 16 months to five-year-old children, giving each little one that attends their academies a head start in life, whether that's for when they find their first football club or for when they take their first steps into school. Baby Ballers has grown over the years and now has over 70 classes across the UK and have even expanded into Belgium and Australia. Now, talking about building and growing a, a business or a franchise, we all know that staying connected to customers and prospects is, is really critical to any growing business. But you know what? It's sometimes it's really just impossible to keep up with the demand. So um, the stat I heard the other day was that every year, UK businesses lose over 30 billion in sales or missed opportunities uh, just because they didn't catch all the calls, you know, or didn't have enough time to give their customers the service they, they needed. And um, franchise businesses are no exception. Um, you might think, okay, voicemail, doesn't that help? Well, uh, once again, another stat, there was the follow-up stat for that, is that 80% of callers just don't even leave a message. And even if you think you have your calls in check, there's probably opportunities that you're missing out in your business. Now, why am I telling you all this? Well, obviously we are now powered by a, a new sponsor that you may have seen, Symphony. And Symphony are a really great company who offers outsourced customer support services so that you can focus on growing your own business or franchise while they take care of all of your calls, emails, and web chats. Um, by letting Symphony take the strain, a team of customer service experts will respond to your customers' inquiries and questions quickly and accurately while keeping them happy and coming back for more. Uh, their expertly trained team provides live chat, email response, social media management, and phone call handling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, meaning you'll never miss an opportunity. So make sure you check them out. Um, if you want to find out more about their services for franchises and franchisees, or even just for your business, make sure you visit www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. Uh, and that last bit is really important because it means they get to see that this uh, this podcast is really helping them out too. So www.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised. So let's get back to the episode with Richard Elms from Baby Ballers. I had a brief chat with Richard before recording this, so I know a little bit about his background, and I think it's going to be going to be quite an interesting one. And um, looking forward to to finding out how he then managed to get into um, providing the kids' activity business. So. Hopefully um, you're going to enjoy it too, and I'll catch you on the other side. So, Richard Elms, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see you again. We spoke a little while ago, and um, yeah, it's good to see you again, and hopefully things are progressing well for you at the moment. And you, you, Last time we spoke, you were uh, looking at moving into to Belgium, or that was, that was just started, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, since we spoke then, actually, we've grown at um, better. Yeah, someone's uh, just agreed to buy in the whole of Northern Ireland as a master franchise. So, um, all good. Yeah, Belgium's now kicked off. A few less clubs, clubs than what what we planned, but um, you know, I gave him a bit of advice saying that you might be 
you know being too, doing too much. Um, yeah. And I was, yeah, he's, he's open, they've opened 40 clubs next year. They're going to open a further 20 and a further 20 and, and go from there. So on a whole, all good. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Fantastic. Sounds like you're busy. But um, before we go into kind of detail on the on, on the business, let's um, let's start with your first job. I'd be interested to find out what your, your first job was. <laughs> well, my first first ever job was actually in a garden centre on a Saturday. And, and that lasted all of three weeks. <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> I just didn't want to go. That was pretty much what happened for 20 quid. Yeah. So I just, I just didn't go. So, um, and then, uh, I just, yeah, I just kind of stopped going. And then I, um, I, uh, my next job, I went to college and I was part-time in, in a company called Zaga, which is a clothing, clothing company in okay. um, the Chelmsford area in Essex. Um, and I, I got sacked from there. Um, not, not my proudest moment either, but my, my girlfriend invited me on holiday last minute and I didn't have the courage to turn around and say that, um, that I was uh, going on holiday. So I wrote a letter and posted it through the work letterbox. And then, yeah, to my reply, I said, don't bother coming back. Um, but I was, which is fair enough, you know, yeah, yeah. I expected that, but I had a lovely holiday. <laughs> um, Excellent. And how, how old were you at the time? I was only about. I must have been. I just started driving, so I think I was about seventeen. Yeah, I, yeah, th- I think so when you're that age, though, right? They, those sorts of things happen, don't they? You know, yeah. pro- pro- it's, it's all about the priorities at that age, I guess. And a hundred percent. Yours was his um, girlfriend yeah, in the yeah, the holiday. Was it somewhere good? The holiday? That was the thing as well. It was um, it was in Barbados, so it's like. You know, very nice. And she was like, "Come along with her family," and I was like, oh, "God, no!" But um, oh, yeah, I did, and of course, I never, I never went back then. Um, so yeah, definitely, like at that age, it was uh, your priorities, I suppose, are a little bit different. And, and not only that, I always knew I was never gonna. You know, I always wanted to work for myself, really. So it was like this. You know, it was just a just to get me through college. Um, yeah, so yeah, that tokens was or whatever, first, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was my first ever proper job, proper job, where I was there. And um, I worked in a bar as well at the same time. So I wasn't scared of working, but I was also not scared of doing what I wanted to do, I suppose, um, in that respect. Um, but yeah, that would have been my first ever job. Um, yeah, that's, job, that's, it. that's fair enough. So kind of where, where did your career go from there then? Because that sounds like there's a few kind of, um, yeah, jobs here and there, sporting you through college. Yeah, I, I, I was actually in, I was in sports science at college. I've always been quite sporty. So I've always had a sports background where it would be a football or going to the gym or or whatnot. It was always a sports background. Um, so I did my sports science. Um, and then, uh, what did I do after that? I kind of, I've done a lot of, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff. I went off traveling. Um, I worked for my dad for a bit and then I went off traveling and, and traveled the world, I suppose, went Bali, um, Thailand, I sold my car, um, Bali, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, traveled around, um, come back um, and I was working a bit for my um, then my girlfriend's dad doing bits in, in, in his, he had a steel business, so I was like selling, I was always quite good at talking to people and, and and you know making relationships i suppose that's one of my key skills um so i i did that um and that really wasn't for me uh, that didn't end badly but it was just as it happened i 
I was, <laughs> it was a massive change in career. I, I never knew what I wanted to do, really. That was the whole thing. You know, it's yeah. not that like I just jumped from job to job. It was just like, I was a bit of a free spirit, I suppose. Um, and um, I just chose to do what I wanted to do. Um, and I was walking down, well, I come out of top van in, in central London and, and someone come up to me and said, have you ever considered modeling? And I, I really hadn't really. I actually believe it or not, I don't like the camera. I don't like being in front yeah. of the camera. Um, but I, I hated being in office at the same time. So I thought, do you know what? Meeting people could be fun. Um, I ended up doing that for seven years, eight years, seven years, around that that time um, of of in and out of London, going to cast. It's lots of weird, crazy, fun experiences. Um, and, and then, so so this was this was modelling, right? So, um, yeah, what was this for? Kind of magazines, for kind of so, catalogues, that yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, it was everything really. So I had a mother agency in in London. I knew nothing about the modelling game, and the, the my girlfriend then she turned around and she said, "You know, that's like quite a big modelling agency. It's like one of the biggest in London." I was like, "Well, I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't have a clue." But um, I went and went there, and, and they were they've got some big names on their board, and um, and they took me on, and um, so that was my mother agency, um, which they put you out to Carson's, but then from that you get they put you across the world really so i had an agency in new york miami um uh, germany uh, milan um i didn't do as much traveling as i should have but I, I did i had them out there and then i'd do like i did music videos and did things like Fila, new look um lots of different weird you know everywhere we look you actually see there's 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 work for models. People don't even really recognise it, but if you see any sort of TV ever, that's a model. They've just gone through the same process, been casted. So there's a lot of work out there for it, um, and for different looks of people. Um, I just didn't like it, to be quite frank. Um, but so that that was my job for seven years. Yeah. So so, you know, what why why stick at it for seven years? Then you know you you kind of shown that you know if you're you're not happy and not enjoying something you you're not worried to you know make a change in your life right so what made you sick of that one for seven years um good question it had its ups and downs and i got very fortunate with i had a regular job so i had a regular um job and in modeling you don't really get regular work you want to hope that you get the big jobs that earns you x amount that sees you through is very inconsistent I had regular work in, in the fitting game, believe it or not. So fitting is where you, you like, it was for Jack Wills, Burberry and, and Timberland I was doing it. They have a regular build of person, their regular okay. customer, and they'll measure clothes around their regular customer. So they look for someone, which happened to be me, which is their regular size, 32 waist, kind of, you know, your, your standard for their customer. And I kind of fitted that criteria. It was horrendously boring. Um, but it was regular income. You know, I do it three times a week, and then you know, at that time, it was quite a good little income for me. So, because I could do two or three days a week, earn a bit of cash, still have great fun, still go out with people, it kind of I knew it wasn't a career, but I also knew it was it was probably sweeter than a lot of people's kind of lives at that time because you know I had to work two days a week and. I could go out and meet people, do what I'd do, which was which was have fun, I suppose. At that time, I was doing a lot of having fun. Um, yeah. So that's the only reason I stuck at it. Now, that was the only reason I stuck at it for that long. Um, 
and trust me it's never that I was ever scared of working but I did not know what I wanted to do with my life so I wasn't I was never one to then say well I'm going to stack sales in Asda not that that's a bad job but I just wouldn't want to have done that just to see through some time and make some money um, I think at the time I'd rather have nothing and enjoy my life a bit more than 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 going working at nine to five so this kind of worked for me at that time because I didn't know what I wanted to do yeah that yeah no that's that's fair enough and you said your you, your dad had a business, right? You, you worked for him for a little bit in your in your kind of earlier days. What what business was that, and was that not something you you kind of like the look of doing? Um, no, I, I worked there, um, and I worked for my my my, my dad owns um, a company called Elmdale Welding and Engineering Supplies, and another one up in Scotland called Steve World. Um, so it supplies you know everything in, in welding, and I worked. <laughs> I worked in the warehouse. That's where he put me. Yeah. And I was like, he's, you know, he's old school. Put me at the bottom, work your way to the top sort of attitude. So put me in the warehouse, <laughs> made me do my uh, full, full truck uh, license. And I worked with an ex-sergeant major in there. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and a, and a um, old, old guy that smokes about 80 cigarettes a day. And um, I was just the wind up. So, I, I mean, I remember he had his own seat and he was used to fall asleep in his seat. And I remember I used to wait till he was asleep and tie his shoelaces together and then just wait till he got up and he was a <laughs> And he'd chase, he'd chase me around the warehouse. And I remember I locked him in the, in the, uh, I locked him in the where we'd eat lunch in the like warehouse bit. I locked him in. So, no, it was never really a career that I, think I was ever going to make it. Um, but I, I, I had no interest in welding. I have to. I have to have a common interest in what I'm doing. Otherwise, what's the point for me? I don't want to just be in a in a job. And I, don't, I want to. I tell you what. The reason is, if you want to look forward to Mondays, in my opinion, Mondays are the start of the week. If you can look forward to Mondays, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I think I, I think um, it's quite a brave attitude to have, you know, because there's so many people out there, and I, I probably include my, myself in that in some ways in the past where. You, it's just hold on, Ed. I've heard your story. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, no. <laughs> you know, yeah, well. okay. Maybe maybe at certain points in my career. I mean, yeah, when I left um school halfway through A levels so I could earn more money to go out drinking and playing football and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. But there's been other points in my career where I've just turned up to the job every single day just because well, I just need to make some money and I don't know what else to do, right? Um yeah. moved into recruitment more out of uh kind of necessity to, to to make my brain work because putting up marquees wasn't kind of challenged me in that way but it still wasn't really what i wanted to do so uh what i think that's my point right is that until you know what you want to do there's no yeah it, it's i think it's brave to keep on looking for that right role it's a lot easier to sit back and just do the same thing day in day out and just kind of sit there dreaming and wishing you could do something else um which a hundred percent but if I, I agree with what you're saying but don't you think that if you don't kind of live a life where you've got a bit more free-spirited then actually you, I, I believe that if you do that you tend to learn and things come your way a bit more where you, things that you just enjoy naturally so i never knew i was ever going to be good with kids and 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 like you know and, and teaching kids and having fun it just kind of fell into that path but i suppose if i just got into this so when i got a city job and i just got into that mundane of life 
of every day, I'd probably still be there now thinking, Jesus, it's nearly Friday. It's Friday. Tomorrow's perfect. I'm going to get two days off. Yeah. And, and I, I, go on, and that, that's, that's really interesting because that's uh, that basically where, where I got to the point with wanting to create this podcast, right? So other people can, can educate themselves that actually being a business owner doesn't always have to be this big risk, you know, and uh, uh, one of the most important things is to go out there and do the things that you want to do or find the opportunities that are out there that are going to suit your lifestyle and, and what you, uh, and, and do something that you want, you're actually going to enjoy, you know? And I think sometimes people just always look for this big idea or oh, I'm never going to be a, a Premier League footballer or something like that, you know? So what's yeah. the point? But actually there's, there's ways that you can get involved in those worlds, actually fit your skill sets and allow you to, to, to enjoy it, you know? Um, oh, I couldn't agree with you more, like massively. I, I, it's, you're spot on. Like if you want to get involved in them, in them, them ways of life, them worlds, them worlds, uh, you know, you do. I mean, I was always a dreamer, but I wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, but now I know a lot of footballers, you know, and ex-footballers. And, and through my team, when I, I go to see my team play, where we where where we sit, you know, I, like the chairman, I'll have a chat with him and things like that. And he kind of just kind of you've you've kind of built that path without even knowing you're building that path. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. And I, I, I also think you know that let, let's let's stick with Premier League footballers, right? So us as viewers only get to see kind of a more glamorous side of it right the um 100%. you know playing the games and you know driving the fancy cars or whatever but actually behind the scenes there is a ton of hard work that goes into it right it's not just you know messing um, around that their their diets are impacted they're um having to monitor every single thing that they take into their body they they're having to train you know constantly um, and yeah one injury it's, can you know have a massive what? impact on their career. You know, that could be it it's, over and they're short lived as they are. So spot on. And I, it's funny you say that because there's, there's a professional football plan at the moment that, that I was speaking to about potentially getting involved with baby ballers um, in a way, because he's like, I'm 28 now. I need to start thinking about what I'm doing. And he's got property and things. And he played Prem two years ago. He was playing Prem two years ago. So he's, I mean, he's got against Man City and, and things still three years ago. Um, and, and, he's actually he's a friend of a friend um and he was he was saying to me i'm not going to mention his name or anything but when they dropped down from the prem and they got a new manager he was on the bench and he's constantly on the bench yeah and he's a good player i mean he, he was uh, at one point in his team he was the top two to be picked to go up to the to the to prem standard because he was that good but he got he got dropped put on bench and he said to me i face it the last two years have been the most depressing time i've, I've ever had um, now he's, he was out without a club and he was just saying, I'm really like, I'm struggling. It's, it's tough. Um, now he's playing again. Now he's playing for a big team actually in league one. Um, and, uh, and he's, he just, you don't see this side because everybody just thinks, oh, he's money. You play football every day, but his girlfriend who I know, um, who I'm, I grew up with through school, she said, it's a nightmare because, you know, we're here one minute, we're living here. Next thing we're up North. And, and she said like, I love snow skiing as an example. He can't snow ski. He's not allowed to. And yeah. any, any footballer is not allowed to go snow skiing for obvious reasons. Um, so everybody thinks it's this glamorous lifestyle. And actually, I, I don't, I, you know, I've not been in it, but from what I hear and what I see, it's not as glamorous as you, as you, as you think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because 
Maybe I guess as sad as it sort of sounds, the, the 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 way that I got into recruitment, right, is I was looking for any job to get me out of that mar uh, marquee world, right? I, I just needed to find something. And I looked at the person who I was sitting in front of who was asking me all these questions, and I thought, you've got a fairly easy job, like a fairly cushy thing. Anyone can do it, right? And so I set about get, trying to get into that world. And then once you're in that world, what you realize is actually it's a lot of cold calling. It's a lot of no's. It's a lot of um, stress, pressure in terms of um, KPIs to hit and things like this. And actually, it's it's really tough. It's not just sitting there dishing out yeah. jobs to people, you know. Um, no, no. So I, th I think you, you can have a perception of an well. industry. Sorry? It's competitive as well, though, like recruitment agencies side of things, isn't there? There's so much out there. It's, so. it's ruthless. Yeah, it's ruthless. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but things on the outside don't always translate once you kind of dig into it. And, and that's what I think some of those um, values that you have to kind of go through and identify within yourself are, are really important, right? So, you know, yeah. what actually am I going to enjoy doing on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, not just the kind of end result and the, the, the job title. What is it on a day-to-day -day thing that we happy to do? And if it's, you know, making tons of calls, then sure recruitment's probably the, do it. the one it's, to do you've, yeah. you've hit a nail on the head like i've got a little one and um his dream he, he plays academy football now and and his dream is to be a professional footballer and so he always says whenever we put a wishbone on the chicken he always i always say what do you wish for he went, <laughs> you know what i wish for dad uh, and i do and I, I just know anything that's all he says that's all he wants to do and he he's one of them where he work hard to try and get there he but I would never ever say to him, you can't do it. Because at the moment, that's his dream. That path might change. And when that path does change, I'll follow that one through him. And, uh, and it's funny because my dad, he used to say to me, oh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, it's a challenging thing. He might not be able to do it. And I think it's the worst thing you can tell, say to a kid. I say, if you've got a dream, go and live, go and try and do it. If that dream changes, try and do that dream. You know, and I think that's just, if everyone kind of takes that attitude, I think that actually, you'd get a lot more happier people because the happiest people I know, they're in the job that they, they want to be in, as an yeah. example. Because it's a big part of your life, isn't it? It's a huge part of your life. Something you're doing from a Monday normally to a Friday on, on a whole. It's just things that give you everything you want in life, be it holidays, be it, be it houses, cars, whatever you want. That job is pretty much, unless you've got a very unhealthy parents that give you ever wealthy parents that give you everything, or or had a big inheritance, or won the lottery. On a whole, your job, which you do, re impacts your whole life, doesn't it? So yeah. it's it's important, and it gives purpose as well, right? And that's that's an, another important thing, I think. Um, over the years, when I've spoken to people about why they're changing careers, a lot of the time. They say it's for money. They don't feel valued or whatever it is. But um, I think that's almost like a secondary thing because when you sort of scratch under the surface, they just feel like they're just repeating the same thing over and over again and not getting anywhere. Or it's not having an impact like they want to. You know, there's there's always something else behind it. And I guess we all would just want to live for, for fulfilling lives. And the I personally think it's you know the media and society have just kind of taught us that. Money is the way to achieve that when it's not always the case, right? You don't have to be a millionaire to be true. happy. So you a hundred percent. You wouldn't believe how many times I've been at work, and it's very, very rare. But when you have them bad days as a, as a director, and you do have them bad days, sometimes you do think to yourself, 
I'd quite like to open just a little water sports shack on a beach and live there, <laughs> you know, but, but then, them challenges are what keep you coming back. But, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, you know, so yeah. I, was, I was just going to say, let's, let's kind of move on in, in your career a little bit then from, from kind of, uh, yeah. the, the modeling to, to, to where you are now to starting baby ballers. So uh, how, how and why did you start baby ballers? Um, well, um, so as I say, I was modelling. I hated it. I, 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 oh, I didn't hate it. It was an easy life. But um, I met someone, um, and me and her um, had a little one, um, um, who's now eight. Um, and I took him to a little football class when he was fifteen months. So as I say, I've always had a foot background in football. Um, um, and I took him to a little football class, and. Uh, I was just watching what they was doing. And um, the first one, I was like, I just think I could do this better. I, I didn't really, I, you know, 15 months of having a child, I didn't really yeah. have much experience, but I, was, I felt I was doing a good job as fathering, um, as being a father. And, you know, and kids seem to seem to like me, <laughs> which is quite important. So I just thought, you know, I'll give it, give it, give it a whirl and um, come up with a name. Um, turned up i did get a bit i did get some help as well obviously because i wasn't i'm not very clued up with like social media and that sort of side of things um so i got some some help in 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 doing this first class i just rocked up with some balls cones and i I didn't actually even coach the first one i asked someone that actually used to coach fives and above to come and help me okay Um, but he was he's very he was very he's, he's actually believe it or not he's now a franchisee of baby ballers and he's he's actually got um he owns four clubs himself and, he, and he's going to um hopefully take this on full time as a school teacher but he's looking to potentially take this on full time cool he's a great great guy a really great guy and uh he helped me and he, he did a really good job and I, I learned a little bit about what he was doing and i was and then he said he didn't want to do it um and i was like a bag of nerves really i thought oh, no, i'm gonna have to do it and then i just discovered actually i'm quite good at this the kids love it. I, um, I, I used to write down sessions, come up with sessions, and that was my first club. Um, at the time, at this specific time, to make ends meet, I was also working with my brother. Um, he owned a gym, um, and he's got a big background of franchising. Um, and I decided to do another club on a day that I didn't think would work. Um, so we did uh, Chelmsford on Fridays, and we did Mondays after school. I just thought they were two ends of the week where people could potentially have arguments in regards to Monday, end of the week, does anyone, at the start of the week, Monday, does anyone want to come straight from Liverpool, London, for example, take the kids to, to a toddler football class? Yeah. Um, and then the end of the week, you're thinking, oh, it's Friday, some, a lot of people might want to put their feet up, relax after a long week. So I thought there are days that I think that could be the, could be challenges. But they both they both sold out. So, um, and I was like, okay, this is, this is quite good. Um, yeah. And then I started taking knowledge from my brother um, and and support on the whole franchising side of things. And trust me, from what I've learned is franchising and having just a business of, of a toddler, they're two completely different businesses. You know, <laughs> I look at it as like coaching kids. People think, oh, you know, you should be good at everything. Well, no, I was really good at coaching kids. I wasn't very good at the franchising side of things. Yeah, that's my honest answer. I, I didn't. I, I'm not. I don't try and be. If I'm got other people around me that are better, then I, you know, take their advice. Don't try and be the the person that knows everything. You know, yeah, that, there's that saying that I picked up that says, 
fear the band that don't fear the man that does a thousand different kicks fear the man that does a thousand kicks the same thousand kicks i think something along those lines and um it's so true I, I could do a thousand classes and without being arrogant i feel like they'd be the best classes so i will give people advice on them classes like this is what you need to do this is how you need to interact with kids this is how you when you get level you need to be eye level with children when you come into the class being personal, that's where I'm skill set and I'm good with people and I can talk to people and, and parents. And, but the actual franchising side of things and, and going through that rigmarole, I'm not good at. But fortunately, I had my brother, which really supported me on, on the manuals and the admin and the accounts, and which is a completely different business. It really is. Um, so my brother came on board in the end with me um, and we've, we make a good good partnership in them, them, them aspects. and it's really grown from there and yeah. kind of simple as that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, um, it, it, it sounds like you sort of stumbled upon the, the thing that you, 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 you enjoy doing and it ties in kind of, um, some of those things that you've, you've, you've wanted, you know, um, which is that, yeah, sport, exactly. that sport inside of things. I feel like that was through, 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 through your career, what you wanted to kind of be involved in and get and get into, um hmm. but i guess yeah when you've got that dream of being the premier league footballer no one ever kind of thinks generally actually instead of doing that i could just coach kids right yeah. exactly. there's there's lots of avenues there's so many avenues you want to be in football there's lots of different things it's not even just coaching there's so many different things you see people involved with clubs the backs the backroom staff of clubs there's a lot in it um and you're right you you know i kind of made that path I, I loved being a dad, loved being a dad. I love, and I still love being a dad. It's more hard work, I find, but <laughs> it's, um, I love being a dad and I loved being uh, uh, him growing. I loved learning what he was learning, you know, be it shapes, colours, numbers. I wanted to know. And then I thought, well, let's chuck that into our classes, you know, with, with a football, chuck that in there and, and, and develop classes around that. Um, and that's really how it's come yeah, it's interesting. So that's actually something I wanted to ask you is within within your classes then, so you're, you're 16 months to, to five-year-olds, right? Um, yeah. So what what kind of other skills are the kids learning? Because I'm guessing it's not all about football from what you're saying there, right? There's shapes and colours, but what, what kind of other skills yeah. do you think they're picking up? Oh, the, 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 the list is endless. Like interaction, for instance, confidence, um, Obviously, your, your general, the, the, the colours, so, you know, 16 to 2, they're normally learning their colours. Um, we make shapes out of the cones, um, sharing. Um, there's just, you know, movement movement in itself. I mean, I can tell you a really nice story, which is one of my, one of the, the most, for me, one of the best things I ever heard, and that was... Um, I got close with a parent and uh, two parents that had this little girl called Olivia and they were the nicest parents in the world. Um, and she had like mild cerebral palsy, um, but she, they religiously took her to, to our class every single week. Yeah. By the time she was hit four, the parent come up to me and he said, I just want to say thank you. I said, well, what for? And she said, well, we take her to the physio and the physio said to me, her development of movement has actually dramatically increased over this period of time and you must have been doing something with her we was the only real class that she was actually attending each week and for me that was just like you know it's amazing yeah. to hear um and it was really like 
and I actually, I, I actually invited. We did a charity day, and in the end, us and the charity day was like ex-professionals and and famous people playing baby ball as coaches. And Anthony's was, and I rang him up. I said, "Do you want to be the manager for the celebs team?" <laughs> so he <laughs> said, "Yeah." So he he come down and he was the manager, and he's just that that story is just like for me was really nice um, to hear, and I think when it comes to what do you what do you do there's so much where people don't think about they don't think about what actually is worth just a toddler football class unfortunately you're not going to please everyone but you know when they look a bit more deeper in if you want your child to be messy at the age of two we're probably not the class for you i'm going to be straight up on it <laughs> we, we, we do football obviously but we're not going to be teaching them step overs uh, it's more of a whole you know, learning colours, kicking the ball off the thing, not in a specific way, you know, then, but connecting that sort of, sort of, and if they come at five and they, they love football and, and they, then there's a little path for them, then great. If they don't, but they've learned a lot, then oh, my yeah. it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it's laying the foundations of, of um, so many things there, like you say, not just around football, it's around, communicating with other children and just those social skill sets, I guess they're developing as well as some of those yeah. kind of, um, you know, numerical stuff and things like that as well, which are all really important. And I, I think, um, you know, uh, uh, so I've taken my kids to, the, to these classes and things and um, yeah, until you go, you don't kind of realize actually this isn't about the sport yeah. or the the singing or whatever it is that they're going to. It's about everything else that comes with it. And okay, if they want to continue, great. If not, you know, at least they've got something out of it, which is good. So, so true. You mentioned about the the charity event there. And I wanted to find out kind of um with your franchise partners nowadays and 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 where they they are. Do they ever get involved in kind of local community activities or do you do things on a kind of uh, nationwide scale um yeah i mean um, matt who i've already mentioned he he does a lot over christmas time uh, he gets a lot he does a lot for charity over christmas time through baby ballers um oh, i can't remember what it was donating toys or things where he collects things so they do it on a on a we encourage them to do it we don't make them do it we just say look you know it'd be great if you could get to do this and and do things outside for your area um, but we we did used to do uh, a, like a a, 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 a charity football match. Um, it was great, and and but I think since we've got like since we've grown, it's quite hard to kind of do that now because I, I just feel I don't know. I, I we, we we since COVID we haven't we haven't done it, um, and I'm not sure if we're going to do another one. But that was like we used to do it for Little Havens, which is. Um, I don't know if you heard it. It's a children's um, children's charity. It's a hospice, um, and it's they do they do great stuff. Like there's you know, but they they've got like a little mini centre parks is how I describe it. So when kids <laughs> come sadly to the end of their they're coming to the end of their life, they'll go there and they live a really nice end end of their life. And it, it's 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 really sad, but what they do is great. So that's why we we did a bit for them for a number of years. Yeah, no, it's really cool, and yeah, of course. COVID's thrown, thrown everything up in the air, right? Like, um, mm. I, I can see why things have stopped, but maybe it's just an opportunity to to take a look at something from a different angle. Maybe there's a different way you can do it or, or look at it better. And I'm sure, you know, that's maybe so, sort of in your mind a little bit. But in, in terms of um, COVID then, 
kind of how did you guys cope because obviously that's that's kind of 18 months of of interruptions for classes you know and not, not being able to see people face to face yeah it was uh, it was it was uh, it was a bit of a challenge um the the biggest problem was we was it was as unknown to us as a franchisor as it was to everybody or the franchisees so we kind of can't you know it it was tough from our side and and probably I mean, I made a decision because obviously, you know, everybody knows our franchise works. We have a, we have, there's a monthly fee. So we get passive income through our clubs uh, as a whole. Um, I made a decision, <laughs> be it the right or, or, or wrong decision, I don't know, to actually turn around and say, do you know what? Let's stop all them fees. I don't, you know, stop them incomes, even though as a franchise, the, we had outgoings. Obviously, yeah. naturally, we have big outgoings ourselves. But I said, you know, I would rather all our clubs restart, all our franchises restart whenever that may be in a, in a healthy, in a healthy place. So I tried to support them, you know, and, and say, right, there's, you know, no more fees, you know, you, you know, you're not going to be running classes for a little while. Um, and it was probably an error on my side because actually if we don't run, <laughs> then they don't run. Um, luckily we, we survived, um, try and leave the business you know, in, a, in a healthy state. So we, we survived, but it was a challenge for us. And, and I think that actually now we could have done, head office could have done with that support um, to, to get us through because obviously our outgoings didn't didn't change. You know, we've still got a, a building rental that we have staff in here that works. We've still got, you know, we've still got a website. We've, you know, everyone could still book their kids onto classes should we, when we return. Everything was operating normal apart from the clubs. Um, yeah. So it was a challenge for us. Naturally, it was a challenge for the franchisees because they didn't have any income. Um, they did do online Zooms, but half the world was doing online Zooms. So, you know, I, I, I think our class our classes are very much all to do in person. And I think I, I didn't stop the guys from doing that. I said, look, you know, if you want to do Zoom, do Zooms. Um, but I just, it's nowhere near the same. Um, and they know they can charge the same because they didn't have the value. Um, yeah. So, so what's it looking like today then? Because, okay, you survived through that period, but you know, you, you're talking about those other other countries, and there's it sounds like there's some growth taking place. So there must be the demands back and and um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Again, right? I have to say, when it restarted, the, the, the classes were as busy. They've everyone was saying it seemed the same busy. Everyone wants to get their kids out there and on classes, which is great because you know that shows that that, that our society they put their kids first because you know there's no doubt in my mind that it was hard times for people you, you um, say that i think but, that's parents had enough of their kids maybe <laughs> <laughs> well you would say i'd say that actually they have to attend the clubs with their kids so oh, there you go yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no you might be right there might be an element of truth in that or maybe shift the pair the husband out <laughs> maybe that was the key just get the husband out of the house yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah, it was the busiest it's ever been, and, and since since that, we we've not had one club that's that's stopped, um, stopped trading. Um, so you, you, the, you say that was a bit, a bit of a mistake, but you know, if you 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 coped and survived and made it through, the the value you're adding to your your franchise partners is it goes beyond. Well, that, that's it. Goes beyond, doesn't it? And that that will get repaid to to you and the head office team in in spades. I'm sure in the long run, you know, with with loyalty. We paid back so 
Um, that, that, I think these these decisions that yeah. take place, you know, you you never know what's going to happen with them. But if you you're doing them with good intentions, which sounds like you you were, you know, I think only positive things have come come back to you, you know. So um, yeah, I, I don't see it as a negative what you've done necessarily. You might feel it in the or the accountant may feel it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a hit for us. It was a hit. I can't I can't lie. But it's definitely what you're saying now. What you, you know, you're right in what you just said. That you know, for me, that there's not one franchise that's that's not back up and running. And and that's the that was the most important thing. They're all operating and, and operating really health healthy. And you know, we've we've from then we're now we've recently just uh, agreed to to sell the whole of Northern Ireland, which is great um, as a master license. Um, Belgium has actually, believe it or not, since COVID actually only restarted the 1st of September. Um, so they're now back up and running or and running with with an extra extra amount. Oh, I can't remember how many clubs. We, they're meant to be starting with 50. So um, we just need to check the update on that. Um, but they're back up and running over there. Um, and, and Australia is 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 soon to be launched so yeah it's exciting it is exciting um and we, we've good. actually had talks with people over in india as well but however with with india i i me and my brother made a decision that we need to kind of slow down a little bit and get a few things in place because there's been a few stumbling blocks along the route um so cool. so that's next on the list but yeah okay. so it's all exciting stuff so i, I want to kind of go back to kind of the franchise partners then so the the owners of the the franchise licenses um are they, are they all you know actively coaching every single session you mentioned one guy has got four clubs so is he going around to four different sites and, and running them all himself no not at all i think that's actually the beauty of our business because you've got lots of different options of how you want to run it um but we've got um we've got him himself he's running four i think it's four. i think he's just opened another one as well so um could be five, but he's employed two people. Um, okay. One, one an assistant, and one as like a full time kind of role is 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 the idea. And he he operates, coaches all them clubs, um, and and Matt oversees them. Um, and we've got the same situation uh, with another guy. He actually owns a, a, a quite a lot. Terence has got over eight hundred kids attending his classes, and and he has two people employed doing all the clubs. Um, and getting on the social media side of things and jumping on that, and then he oversees them. So that's kind of your, you know, I, we call them more of an area developer kind of role. Um, yeah. But you know, he's they've got multiple locations and and they're developing them areas, and you know they want to kick on. Um, but then you've got the opposite end, which is what works for them. You obviously your income is, is a lot lower and your profits a lot lower. But if they've got an, a, a nine to five, Monday to Friday. One one club on a Saturday morning for two hours. It's a nice little cash earner. You may pay the mortgage or you know or pay rent or and and it's and they'll coach it. Um, so See, you've got different different avenues. It's interesting. It's <laughs> I was just thinking as you was explaining the kind of two avenues almost. It's uh, it's your brother and you, right? So yeah you take the coaching model he'd take the uh the, the manager model right and yeah 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 definitely there's there's yeah definitely <laughs> there is more money to be made in the, in the if you was coaching and having the kind of you know you could be coach and manager <laughs> definitely. yeah but yeah yeah no, would, that, uh, that's, that's cool so it is is it 
I, I was going to ask, is it kind of like a, a 40 hour a week kind of opportunity, but I guess it, it sounds like it depends what you want to make it right. Like, so if you, if you just want to kind of coach at the weekends, yeah, yeah. that's what you can do. If you want to turn it into a beer I, operation. I, I think that, you know, if you're operating one club, um, um, and you, you know, you can make a profit of one club or profit on a, on that a successful club if you're coaching it as well probably turning over you know 12 grand profit um yeah. you know a year which is you know for two hours a week of actual coaching it's not that much but all in all it's probably only it's only six you know and you do actually six hours a week work in all honesty you know yeah. you've got your admin side if you if you're clever and you you, you schedule posts through social media applying to emails um, all our, all the, all, everything's on subscriptions. So they don't really have to worry about that side of things. Um, you know, really, yeah, six hours a week. You know, for turning over twelve grand a year on that, it's not, it's not horrendous. Um, that sounds to me like a, you know, maybe an opportunity for young people to to look at, right? While they're operating other jobs, was, or maybe while they're studying or something like that. You know, so. Ed, you've t- that's exactly what I tried to suggest. I, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, we grew, but I said that we should be hitting universities because I think this is a great opportunity for people in universities. You know, there's there's so many people that go to university and then go and work in Tesco's on the, on the, on the when actually they might, this would actually might suit them a lot better. You know, two hours on a Saturday morning, yeah. you know, and they, and they could, and then a bit of admin throughout the week whilst they're studying well it's a great opportunity i think and i said that we should try and do some seminars in um in um uh in in universities so i think that that's the that i think that'd be the role that we should go down just purely because i think there's opportunities for them i i I think um to be honest if i was younger because i i I mean look i was was no professional footballer or anything like that but that that was the, the passion of mine at that age was to to be out there with with friends and um, playing football was was a big part of it. You know, I was four or five times a week doing six asides, eleven asides, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, personally, I've always gotten pretty well with children as well. Probably the same mental age, maybe I don't know. But <laughs> that's uh, what I say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's um, they 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 respond well to me, and um, yeah, that that you know, earning twelve grand a year for six hours rather than I was doing you know ninety hours for twenty grand or something like that. Yeah. If someone would have shown that 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 path to me, that would have been something I'd taken. So, I see a lot of value think, in, in introducing this to, to younger people and and showing them that you know actually you don't need to have every single skill set out there to run a business. You just need to have something that you 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 want to do, have to drive to do it. And th- there's ways to outsource all that other stuff. That's exactly what you've done in your really business so. model, right? You've You've outsourced it to your brother, but mainly it's from the sounds of things. But you know, there's there's other people that can help you along the way, and and that in my mind is what franchising is: is okay, find the thing that you want to do in day out and that you love doing, and get get uh, yes, okay, there's a fee, but that pays for all that support and guidance and, and shortcuts that that route to you doing what you want to do, right? Um, a million, million, million percent. You're, you're spot on. I, I think that also, you know, I think the one drawback and we have to put it in but you know there's there's an investment in, involved with a with a with franchise and we're not a high investment for but i think for the kind of student that's the kind of worry i suppose um but if 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 we if we could work in a way that i think that you're right i think that the the, the, the your 
unibod i would describe it is, is just a great fit for that kind of one one location role respectively yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, look, um, we're, we're coming up for kind of 10 minutes, 10 minutes left for really, I guess. Um, so I've got okay. a few more questions that I want to throw your way before I, before I let you go. So yeah, um, the first one is any, any um, strange, weird or funny stories that you've had in your, in your career? In my career or in the franchising, in the franchising world? Wherever you want to go with it, wherever you want to go. Oh, wow. There's a lot. I don't know if it's probably... Good. I don't know if I can say it on here, but I can imagine um, from the modeling world, there's a few. <laughs> oh yeah, crazy, but crazy things. Um, I, I might have to come back to this one because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you might have to come to, back to this one, Ed. But um, yeah, there's definitely been some funny, funny experience during the during my modeling days. Um, I will tell you a funny story quickly. That there oh, you go. When I didn't have much money, and I didn't, I, I literally, I didn't have much at all in my modeling days. I remember going to a nightclub in the West End, and you know these nightclubs. And I, we, I went with a friend of mine, and I didn't, and I went with a couple of girls at the time, and we got into this nightclub, and these two girls left us for these guys that were on these tables, right? <laughs> and they've got a specific name, but we won't say it on here. Um, and I was like, I was like, I was tired a few drinks and I was like, right, this is not fair. Like we, we and my mate were now like completely elbowed. Yeah. So I was like, right, Jamie, we're going to get a table, just me and you. And he went, they're well expensive. I went, we'll sort that out later. So <laughs> being a chance, I was like, right, get us on that table. So we got, we got a table, just me and Jamie. And they come back to us in the end. And by the point of two o'clock, I was in all sorts of bother. I um I was like and it was closing time <laughs> oh, God. and they come up to me with this bill and I was like I remember blurry I remember this so well but blurry eyed this bill I mean we are talking I mean I'm making myself look like I sound like a right idiot just letting you know this is <laughs> stupid <laughs> stupid thing to do but I was like Jesus I don't know how I'm gonna pay that it was a lot I mean yeah. A lot for one night. <laughs> yeah, what a twenty or something, whatever it was. And I didn't have that money. And I know. And I thought, right, well, just put the card in and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> of course, declined, came up, and um, and I oh, there must be something wrong with the card. <laughs> I thought, try it again. Declined, happened again. And I was like, right, what are we going to do, mate? And I was like, I don't know at the moment. I was like, can I do an IOU? An <laughs> <laughs> <So>, IOU. <laughs> next thing on our two bouncers come and grab me they pick me up from under my arms and uh, sit me in the back room and uh sat me down and they said right are you going to pay this i went oh, i don't know and they said well i suggest you come up with something quite quick otherwise uh i can't remember. i can't tell you what they actually said because it would have been uh yeah it would have been a nice experience for me that evening um, yeah yeah so on a, on a midweek, I rang my, my at the time my stepdad and I said, I've got a bit of a bother. And the bouncer happened or the manager said, look, this is the situation. Um, and he put, he said, can you put him back on the phone for me? So, so I did. And he called me an, uh, a terrible name. And then uh, my stepdad and, and said, right. And he paid it um, much to his disgust. And he said, right, you're paying this back as soon as you get paid. I said, 
no problem. So I ended up getting shifted out of the club quite quickly, never went back there ever again, and owing a lot of money to my stepdad at the time. So yeah, that was the, that was my funniest <laughs> time. But I don't know if you can say that it's in the work in the workplace. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I had no money because I didn't have a job, proper oh job. My God. Yeah, what a <laughs> mess to get yourself into. What a, but, what um... a mess. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be, try and be, be too big time if you can't. Champagne and lemonade um, is, the, is the, uh, what I was trying to be, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sh- sh- champagne on a lemonade budget or whatever it is. <laughs> exactly, that's it. That's it yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think there's probably some clever lesson in there somewhere, isn't there, for everybody? Like, you know, I-, I guess if you put it into an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, don't go out there buying flashy cars to impress people. It's not about that, right? You- you've got to do the hard graft beforehand. Million, million percent. I drive a van, if there's any consolation. I've got a camper van. <laughs> so uh, it's um yeah I, I, a million percent don't 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 be that guy yeah all, all good lessons anyway so uh proudest and it most inspirational moment i think the one that i told you earlier um about the little yeah. girl that for me it's, it's always stuck for me it's such a nice story you know i've helped her change her life you know she's still playing football that girl um oh, cool. and yeah she still plays and she she's it's really helped her um and and i think that's a really nice story i think for me personally i have i've heard a lot you know how kids have developed and and maybe the child has adhd and it's helped or you know autistic you know we have these children that attend and we we really it really helps them you know because we work on listening as well that's part of the coach's job to be fun with an element of um strictness i can't think of the word i'm looking for but you know structure structure that's it all our sessions are structured they're, they're designed for structure um so the kids come in and they know where they they're going um and i think that's kind of inspiration that that seeing a child develop through what we've done i think is, is really quite inspiring for me yeah no, that's cool it must be nice sort of keeping tabs on them if if yeah, if it makes sense and it's it, the parents are in touch yeah, with you, but yeah. That sounds and don't cool. get me wrong, Ed, on the other side as well, we've had we've had children that, that now are, that have attended our clubs and now are playing like for little academies or pre-academies. That, that's another one. This is the other end of the spectrum, you know, where I'm not saying our football skills develop that, but, you know, they have their, we may have helped develop their interest into football and they've got a talent. So that's the other side, you know, which is, which is also really nice. Yeah, so just a few more years, and you'll be seeing them in the, the Premier League. Maybe get some, <laughs> get, get that some. Um, with a Messi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you you get some free tickets, and then you might be able to get a, you know, a director know or us, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you'll yeah, get your table. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, cool. So, uh, one final question then, and that's just around. Um, so, anybody who's looking to buy a franchise license off of, of any any brands, whether it's yours or any others. What what one piece of advice would one piece of advice would you give to them? I, I think, see, keeping on topic of what we've spoken about, I think it's you, you know learn learn from previous employers and their mistakes, but also be prepared to learn from your mistakes because you will make mistakes and accept that you're going to make mistakes, you know, and and learn from them, and and if you have that attitude, so if you're leaving the employment role and you're going to learn, actually see what mistakes you think that your boss your direct the director you're working for is doing and and think well actually what what would you change 
and, and then when you take it on your own on your own and learn by your mistakes and ongoing because you know it's only this morning actually I had this conversation with someone you, you will keep making mistakes throughout life you know you all we all do but that that if you don't make mistakes and you, you don't learn and, and and that that and you're on your own as long as you take that with you I think then actually you'll develop and you'll keep developing if you still got drive don't let it put you off like learn from it and make it different make a difference going forward yeah That's really good advice and you know you've, you've been kind enough to share some of the the challenges and, and mistakes maybe you've had in in your your life and um you know you've, you've managed to make it learn from them and turn turn it into a successful business for yourself and and now for others as well so um yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense so Richard, thank you so much for for sharing your time with us today. Um, it's been really good to get to know you better and, and hear your stories. So um, thank you for that. And um, yeah, have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me, mate. I've enjoyed it. It's been good fun. Okay, so there we go. That was my conversation with Richard Elms from Baby Ballers. I have to say, I felt like I connected pretty well with um, Rich. Um, basically, his background was similar to mine in, in that we both didn't really know what we wanted to do or, or, or where we wanted to go with our careers. And for Richard, that, that led him into um, a career in modeling, which ultimately he didn't really enjoy that much, um, but still didn't really find something that, that made him happy on a Monday, you know? And it... Um, he was brave in changing his his role time and time again to try and find something that worked in, in my eyes anyway but I, I think the, the the big realization in his life I think it's pretty clear was that um, when he was a father looking after his child that's when he, he found some inspiration and found an opportunity for himself to be able to be involved in his child's life but also build a business around that as well and um, I, I you know, you could say maybe he's lucky in some ways to have found that, but I think it's just his personality, um, really, just to keep on looking for those opportunities. And um, he still needed support to be able to create that business. And, and luckily enough, he had his his brother and coaches around him who he could use and lean on to, to create that business. But I think it's, it's really interesting for me because it kind of helped to highlight that you don't need to be an expert in absolutely everything to to find um, your 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 place in life or your 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 ideal career. Um, there are other people that can support and help you to build out whatever that is, what whatever that business is, whatever that career is. Um, you just need to keep on looking, and um, opportunities are out there all the time. And um, I think franchising is a great. Um, place to look for that because the support is already built in so the the other things that I thought were really interesting was that um, opportunity for university students I think um, it just is the norm that you go and work in retail or, or food and beverage as an employee and don't really think about you know are there other avenues that I can go down that fits in with my um, hobbies or interests a bit more than you know working behind a, a register or a till and um, yeah it's, it's it still comes with a fee um, which is business but you know it, it'd be really interesting if we could find a way to help um, young people to to get into business start to build something for themselves for the long term you know invest in their future while still having that other 
um, line of, of learning through, through education as a, as a backup or an alternative so that it, it gives them options basically is what I'm saying and I think that's the key for me is that okay franchising is not ideal for everyone and, and not everybody has the, the ability to, to fund it up front although there are of course the banks that will help with funding but um, it's just those opportunities knowing all of those opportunities and I really hope I can find some ways to, to help young people identify um, franchising as one of those opportunities. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, well, there's, there's quite a bit in there really, um, you know, the fact that he was willing to um, put his business at risk to support others, I thought was really admirable. But also, um, the final comment at the end there, get ready to accept that you're going to make mistakes when you're setting out in business. I think that's really important and that's a, a mindset thing that everybody needs to get around is that okay at some point you're going to mess up but it's okay as long as you use you, you view every challenge as an opportunity to to learn and improve um, rather than it being the end of the road um, i think every business owner out there that's that's made a success has faced challenges and uh, the successful ones are the, the ones that found a way to overcome that so really important if you're thinking about starting your own business or, or joining a franchise organization so hopefully you found something interesting in that conversation as well and um, i really enjoyed it and obviously you can reach out to rich on on facebook and um, linkedin and through his company uh, baby ballers um, i also want to just give a, another quick shout out to symphony the sponsors of the podcast thank you for um uh, supporting us in this journey to educate others and um, of course if you're a, a franchisor or, or you have your own business already and you're looking for outsourced solutions that are built with franchises in mind um, yeah make sure you reach out to them on symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised that's symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised um, make sure you go to that site um, if you've listened to this podcast um, because it really helps to show them that um, we're managing to reach some of the right audience for them as well but um, thanks again for listening really appreciate you taking the time if you want to check out any of the previous episodes um, they're on spotify uh, apple youtube and instagram tv um, so check them out some great episodes on there and thank you very much for listening hope to catch you on the next one Bye-bye.